Hello and welcome back to Oddments, the podcast for curious people and curious things. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. We have some great things this week, but first we have to dispense with the puzzle. The puzzle has officially moved to the weekly curio. It's another podcast I do with my co-host, Tom Britton, of Freak Show and Tell. And you can catch that on iTunes or right here at collegeofcuriosity.com. But first, we have to answer last time's puzzle. And the answer is, you give your keys to your buddy and he takes the old lady to the hospital. You cuddle up to your new significant other and share bodily warmth. Everybody wins! Here are some tricks you can play with the sunset. So a beautiful sunset is a beautiful thing, and there are many different things that you can do to have a little bit more fun with the sunset. Number one, the green flash. Yes, this is a real phenomenon by which under certain atmospheric conditions, the sunset will give off a green flash. You can actually see this, it's just a bright green flash. Now, I've never seen it. I have some friends who've seen it, but I think that would be probably one of the coolest things I had ever seen. However, if you want something that's more reliable, try this the next time you're at the beach. Being careful to shade your eyes, you know, looking at the sun is a bad thing. Watch the sun sink below the horizon. This works on cruise ships really well, by the way. The moment the sun sinks below the horizon, jump! Jump as high as you can, and you'll be able to see the sun again. You can actually jump high enough to get over the horizon and see the sun. That trick works for about 10 seconds. And another trick, which also relies mostly on the weather, is look for a sun dog. So ice is in the atmosphere all the time. Even in the summer, there could be ice up there because it's really cold. And if that ice is just kind of floating around up there, it will make a halo around the sun. But if the ice falls a little bit, it will all line up and you will get this thing called a sun dog, which is mirrors of the sun on either side of it. Usually you'll have a halo and then mirrors of the sun on either side. And it's a very cool thing. It has freaked out a lot of people and has changed the course of history in some ways. So if you ever see that, snap a picture. It's a fairly rare phenomenon, but it's a real thing. And it's just another thing you can do to have fun with the sunset. What do you do with a giant electromagnet you don't want anymore? You could just throw it in the trash, but when I say giant, I mean 50 feet wide and weighing 7,000 tons. And uh, what if you are Brookhaven Labs in New York and, you know, you just need the space? Well, the answer is, is you give it to another lab, and Brookhaven was nice enough to give it to the Fermi Lab. There's only one problem. The magnet is in Brookhaven, and Fermilab is in Batavia, Illinois. How do you move it from one place to another? Well, the normal way to move equipment like this would be to load it on a truck, but did I mention that it was 50 feet wide? That's wider than the highways can handle. So, what did they do? They put it on a boat. Now, you really can't get from New York to Chicago very easily by boat, but where there's a will, there's a way. And they towed this thing on a barge all the way down the East Coast around Florida, up to Louisiana, up the Mississippi River, through locks to the Illinois River, and finally into the Des Plaines River, where it landed in Lamont, Illinois. Closer, but still not good enough. Lamont, Illinois is many miles from Batavia, Illinois, where Fermilab is. So how did they move it the last several miles? Well, the answer is, is they closed the roads at night, built a special crane and a special truck, and hauled this giant wagon wheel all the way to Fermi. 
Now this whole operation cost $3 million, and you might think, what a waste, but a brand new electromagnet of this type would cost about $15 million. This is a muon G-2 electromagnet. It is used to detect muons, which are highly charged magnetic particles that exist for a very brief amount of time in empty space. This is one of the finest examples of high-tech recycling I know of. All right, we're going to play a little game here. I'm going to do some very simple math with you and then ask you to do something. So do this as quick as possible. Don't think too much about it. Just follow along. Okay, here we go. What is 2 plus 2? What is 4 plus 4? What is 8 plus 8? What is 16 plus 16? Now quick, pick a number between 12 and 5. Got it? Chances are... The number you picked was 7. If you pick 7, know that you're not alone. That's what most people pick, and it's just a matter of psychology. Having you do math beforehand clears your mind of anything else. You're not being influenced by anything else after you've done a few math problems. And then being asked to choose a number between 12 and 5, there are only a few numbers that stand out as a unique number that you should pick. People tend to avoid even numbers, so that gets rid of half of them right away. People never pick the first and last number mentioned, so that only leaves 11, 9, and 7. And of those three, 7 is a number that you're very familiar with. It is a, it's an iconic number in our culture. So therefore, most people pick 7. There are other number tricks like this. For example, the simplest way to win a bar bet is to say, Hey, quick, pick a number between 1 and 4. 3! Almost everybody picks three. Why? You've given them very little choice. No one will pick the first or last number. That eliminates one and four. All you're left with is two and three. Two is an even number. People don't want to guess even numbers, so they go with three. Another common one is this. Pick a number between one and 100. And believe it or not, most people pick 37. Why? Again, even numbers, too easy to guess, people think. So we eliminate the even numbers, and then we're stuck with the odd numbers. We don't want to do a double number. We don't want to be too close or too far, so that kind of narrows our range in the middle. 3 and 7, 37, it's a prime number. It's a number we don't hear very often, but it does have the 3 and 7, which are two of the numbers that we're associated with in our culture. So see if that works on your friends. Give it a try. Ask them to pick a number between 1 and 100. See how many say 37. The music you are listening to is from the 1953 film A Night to Remember, which of course depicts the final days of the Titanic. It's the last piece of music survivors heard as they rode desperately away from the doomed liner at... Well, actually, no, it's not, and we can prove it. One of the first-class passengers on Titanic was Edith Russell, also known as Edith Rosenbaum. She, like most first-class passengers, enjoyed a life of luxury on board the ship and brought with her some things that were a little unusual. In fact, legend has it that when the liner was going down, she rushed back to her cabin to get two things. The first, a fur coat, which wasn't such a bad idea on such a cold night. The second, 
a pig. Now this wasn't a live pig, this was a toy pig, but it still seems a strange choice to bring with you as you're about to embark on a lifeboat. However, upon arriving at the lifeboat, Edith was afraid to go in. Hoping to persuade her, one of the crew members grabbed the pig out of her hands and threw it in the lifeboat, saying, If we won't save you, we'll save your baby at least. It's unclear as to whether he thought the pig was an actual baby, but no matter, it forced Edith into the boat. While the boat was rowing away, there were several children crying, and Edith thought it would be nice if they heard a little music to help soothe them. So she took out her toy pig, cranked up its tail, and everyone in the lifeboat heard this. The music you are listening to is from the actual pig that Edith had with her on the Titanic, but it's been a bit of a mystery as no one could name the tune. Recently, though, that has been figured out. The name of the tune is La Soreya, also known as the Masich. The reason that it was so hard to figure out is that some of the teeth are broken in the music box, so the notes are a little bit off. But one thing we know for sure, this is the last song people heard as the Titanic sank. However, that doesn't mean Nearer My God to Thee should be forgotten in the lore of ship-sinking history. In fact, part of the confusion might come from the 1906 sinking of the SS Valencia, where it is known that the dying passengers clutched the rails as they all sang together, Nearer My God to Thee. Don't worry, what you're listening to is not the ticking clock of the beginning of a Pink Floyd song that's about to blow your ears out, nor is it the sound of rain falling gently on spring leaves. What you are listening to is the Powder Post Beetle having lunch. Also known as the woodworm, Powder Post Beetles live inside wood, usually damp wood. And while they're found out in nature, of course, they will also make their way into your home. While they're considered a pest by most people, artist Zumoon, who makes sculptures of sound, found their tones interesting and recorded the piece we're listening to now. Zumoon has dozens of similar pieces with mundane objects making incredible noises. Without context, the sound is quite pleasant. However, now that you know that you're listening to little bugs chewing on wood, you might have a different reaction. The Antarctic is known to be harsh on explorers, and when a group of scientists and eco-tourists attempted to recreate the journey of Sir Douglas Mawson, they learned just what that was like. Despite being an icebreaker, the academic Shlolaski became hopelessly stuck in pack ice. After a few days, other ships came to rescue the 52 passengers, only to be forced back or to be stuck themselves. Finally, a larger ship got within helicopter distance and ferried everyone off their stuck vessel. Immediately, the larger ship got stuck. What can you do when you're stuck in Antarctic pack ice? Eat your dogs, as Mawson had done? No, none of these things were necessary. 
Instead, the passengers took the opportunity to wander the ice, make friends with some leopard seals, and live tweet about the whole event using the ship's satellite internet connection. What you're listening to now are the sounds of leopard seals beneath the ice that passengers made while they were wandering. There were enough supplies to last for months so the danger was more of an inconvenience. Sometimes it's very nice to live in the future. And that's it for this week's Oddments. Thank you very much for listening. Show notes, links, pictures, all that kind of stuff is available at collegeofcuriosity.com. Our theme song is by Fisher Wag. And one last thing, if you think the camel is the mammal that can go the longest without water, think again. Rats can go much longer. <laughs>